0: Now, for your listening pleasure, a Strange Uncle's Replay.
1: Open the gates.
2: Books I've read
0: in a long time, actually.
2: I've... Wow. That's 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 really nice of you to say. I, I don't think it's that great, but okay. <laughs>
0: good. I'm not I'm not blowing smoke. I loved it. I just love your view on the whole phenomenon and like your very rational approach to things. And uh, yeah, it was it was a great read.
2: Story in the news today.
0: You believe in ghosts and the paranormal. Now, are they, are they UFOs or are they like some crazy
2: experimental, you know, governmental I don't uh, know, planes man. that they're building? I don't know,
0: And police in Espanola are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts.
1: There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot. Wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Jungles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. Uh, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. You know, I'm doing pretty good too because we actually have a uh, we have a guest on the line here. MJ, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you very much.
1: Fantastic. Uh, we want to introduce MJ Benias because we stumbled. Actually, I reached out uh, in regards to an article you wrote, and uh, we'll give the listeners a little bit of, of background in case they haven't heard of you, and if they hadn't, then they're I think they're living under a rock somewhere. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway. Get with the times, people. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, MJ Benias is a Canadian educator and writer. His blog, Terra Obscura, examines how philosophy and culture affect society's understanding of anomalous phenomena. Like his book, The UFO People, A Curious Culture, which John and I have read, and Josh is in the middle of it, um, represents... His work has been featured in 40 times magazine, fate magazine, vice among others. And he is a regular contributor to the website, mysterious universe, and even hosts his own YouTube channel. We are ecstatic to have him here on strange uncles. Welcome MJ.
2: Well, thanks very much for having me. This is uh, this is great. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for
0: being here. It's awesome.
1: Uh, I guess the first question well first of all and not just again not just because we have you on here but um, both John and I again Josh is reading it now but we wrote uh, read your book UFO people um, love how you come across of how it represents I, I think it's I, I don't know it, it's one of the best ways and the narrative for UFO culture that I've read in a while
0: yeah and I I think not a lot of people are really looking at the the cultural significance they're more focused on the sightings and everything and I think it's just really interesting to come from that aspect of
2: it. So. No, yeah, thanks very much. It's um, you know, there's there's countless UFO books out there, um, and and they all tend to kind of follow the same the same framework, right? They all they all want to get to the bottom of what the mystery is, um, and the way they tend to go about doing it is, you know, if we log and record more UFO sightings and get more witness accounts. Um you know, will eventually solve this mystery and and you know realistically um that that's that's not gonna necessarily happen um there's there's you know I, I don't think I don't think sort of collecting UFO data is gonna always be um Sort of, it's not going to be the only thing that's going to get you to a, a solution for for you know paranormal phenomena or UFO phenomena. I think you need to look at culture. I think you need to look at the people who have these experiences. What are they about? What stories are they telling? Um, and and like, where do they come from? Right? What's their personal cultural baggage? What do they personally believe in? Um, and I think you know we need to we need to look at the the human aspects and the human elements of of this phenomenon. Um, much more seriously, because I think that's where a lot of these answers lie and, and, a, and a lot of the the mystery kind of which surrounds the, the the phenomena kind of dwells in this kind of weird ghostly realm of, of our culture and, and our kind of collective understanding of, of what it means to be human.
0: Yeah, I think how I think it's kind of interesting too how somebody's cultural background kind of shapes um, their personal sightings and events that take place as well.
2: Um, Yeah, I I agree. I think I think within UFO culture, you have what people people typically fall back on like one of two positions, right? They they fall back on on that position, which is, you know, my cultural background kind of influences what I see and what I believe in. mm -hmm. And then you have the other side, which says, no, everyone's seeing the same thing. It's the culture that's like. Filtering the 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 experience into like a paradigm or, or an ideological framework, um, So so the big question, right? Is it is it the the phenomenon adjusts itself or shapes itself depending on who's observing, uh, or <clears throat> do we shape our own understanding of the phenomenon around sort of some sort of objective reality, some sort of objective? observation, um, or is it this kind of weird mixture of the two that's, that's occurring? Um, right. and, and, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the, the big mystery here, I think that we need to try piecing together.
1: And I think it has something to do with it too. You know, everybody's going to look, try to make sense of what they see. It's going to be a rationale of sorts for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, bringing that personable into the story, I, you know, I just think a lot of people miss out on that. Um, so I've got a question to kind of stem off that a little bit. So how, how long have you actually been in this, this field or this interest?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, um, I've been into like studying subcultures and stuff like that for a long time, like in my sort of academic background. That was my sort of degree in in, in university it was uh, English and critical theory and culture studies. So um, looking at how subcultures form and, and how ideas move around um, to create, I guess we could call a subculture. So a lot of my university days I was looking at like the punk scene and the goth scene and trying oh, to cool. figure out. Um, you know, it was the early two thousands. Trying to figure out how they, you know, formed and what what their kind of collective history was. Um, the UFO thing kind of began for me about six or seven seven years ago now. Um, a friend of mine who's into the UFO subject, his name's Chris Rutkowski. He's written several books on the subject. Um, he sort of said, you know, it would be really interesting for you to look at UFOs from a cultural angle. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. And, and I just kind of fell into it and I started reading books and talking to people and, um, decided that, you know, I had to become a MUFON field investigator for a few years to, to kind of get my feet wet and see that side of it. Um, Good on you by the way.
1: Good on you for doing that. I think that's really neat. So you, you're hands on type, you know,
2: otherwise, so you can actually speak for it. Yeah. I think you have to, I think, I think, you can read books and and, and that's all fine and, and you know there's a lot of people like that who do UFO research by reading and 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 sort of data collection which I think is great um, because you need those people but I think on on my end um, yeah I, you kind of need to get you know boots on the ground you need to kind of go and, and meet the individuals who are having sightings and, and and looking at what they're looking at and trying to piece it together I think there's there's, there's some there's sort of some sort of weird experiential learning that happens through that process
1: yeah. And, you know, and we all three of us here too, we, we get, I don't want to say tired. We're not, I'm going to use the word tired. You know, everybody using this whole expert term, you know, they're an expert yeah. in this phenomenon, whether it be UFOs or whether it be ghosts or whether it be <laughs> cryptids, you know, it just, that irritates me to no end. Nobody's an expert on this. None of us. This is why we're doing this. Why we're interested. This is why we're trying to uncover it. And, you know, and again, how you did it with your book, um, I, I think, really add another layer to the onion, which I, I think is is awesome. You know, that that's that's out there as well.
2: No, yeah, thanks. It's, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. There's no such thing as a UFO expert. Um, people throw this term around, um, and and I've, and, I've, and I've I've taken some heat, but I've, I've also made the claim that there's no such thing as ufology either. Um, but but it's I think I think we can be experts in like the history of UFO sightings or we can be experts in, um, I don't know, alien abduction research, you know, what I mean, like we can be experts Mm -hmm. in in certain sort of already established um, ologies, right, Or, 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 or fields of study within the UFO discourse. So you know, I'm kind of a culture guy, so I wouldn't say I'm a UFO expert, but I would say I'm—I have a, a significant sort of knowledge and awareness, and maybe expertise on sort of what shapes the UFO culture um, as a group of people and how they operate. Yeah, um, I would say Richard Dolan is, you know, a fairly well-established, you know historian of UFO kind of events across sort of the last, you know, seven decades. Um, You know, you have archivists and you have, you know, like the UFO community is this whole smorgasbord of people. Um, And I think everyone's kind of an expert in their own thing, but there's no one who's an expert on like UFOs proper Um, because to be an expert on UFOs, you would have to know what UFOs are, um, which would really, you, you, you would win the game. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Thank you. No
0: one knows what the phenomenon is or isn't. So,
2: exactly.
1: yeah, yeah, but yeah, Lane, but like you said, laying a baseline, I completely agree. You know, I mean, yeah, the history of such, I mean, that has to be something that's you know already written down in the structure. You know, so very much so.
0: You, uh, you, you talked about I, that was one of my questions actually. You mentioned that you've uh, gained a fair amount of criticism, have because uh, it seems like you kind of have a rational come from rational viewpoints of this subject actually. Have you ran into quite a bit of uh, criticism then from people in this field?
2: Um, yeah well uh, uh, Ryan Sprague, who hosts a, another podcast, uh, said that I was the he was joking, but he was right um he says i'm the I'm the enemy of the state of ufology um, <laughs> and and I, and I don't necessarily mean to be um, but I think where 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 people people within the UFO community um, generally kind of into again kind of camps right um and and one camp is that just that acceptance of we don't know what's going on and and it doesn't like we're not necessarily going to find out anytime soon but it's fun to talk about and we just kind of hang out and and talk about ufos and have a good time and discuss it and then there's that other camp that is um like it is almost like the individual's entire like identity rests upon ufos um and any criticism of of any of their personal beliefs regarding ufos is met with like almost like a religious like uh, you know hatred for the heretic um so i have received criticism because I, i i i sort of openly say um you know no one knows what ufos are um and anyone who says they do um is lying or trying to sell you something um And, and there's people, there's countless people within the UFO community who say, well, no, we know what UFOs are. They belong to this alien species from this race or, you know, um, you know, insert various Corey Good and David Wilcock Mm -hmm. ideologies and, 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 and stories and, and, you know, other people. Um, and you're, and you kind of, it's tough not to be critical of of those claims because there's no real evidence that anyone provides to, to prove anything. So of of course, right. You know, people are sometimes, um, uh do not like the way I, I maybe discuss the UFO phenomenon because I I do approach it from a a more a more skeptical position of of you know I'm not saying events don't happen um I just don't know if they do all the time or or you know what you experienced you know do you actually like is it what you truly experienced or is there something else going on um and you know people don't like being told what to think or what to do or you know anything so it's it's yeah once in a while I do take a bit of heat but I think I think it's it comes with the territory. No yeah. one's going to be your friend in, in ufology. Yeah, yeah, and I've kind of noticed
3: also that like every time we go to a conference, every speaker has a different opinion and they're dead set
2: in it, and nobody else knows what they're talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's it's yeah. I'm, so I'm going to contact in the desert um, this in in May. Like I'm giving a lecture, um, but as I'm kind of scrolling through the list of all the speakers I contact in the desert, you literally have. Like people who are speaking like sixty minutes apart, and they have completely different um like frameworks of what the paranormal phenomena is right, like, right. and they're so separate that they'll never be able to meet. Right? Um, you Trust know, you right. have an individual like um, um, I can't. Well, I don't want to say names, so I'm not going to out anyone. But you know, you have individuals <laughs> who, who are going to talk about how they are ambassadors from a specific alien group or whatever, and and they are a special kind of almost prophet-like character who's here to help humanity sort of elevate their consciousness. And then on the flip side, you have someone who's like, like, that's nonsense. Um, (laughs) You know, the aliens are actually not from outer space. They're actually like satanic beings from the underground. (laughs) And then you have someone else who's going to jump in and say, that's all crazy. You're all nuts. They're actually not that. They're actually like vampiric elves from ancient days and you're like okay it's like none of you agree yet you're all talking at the same conference this is ridiculous yeah, yeah. yeah. it's um, like a dungeons yeah. and
1: dragons game it's just insane they, they all seem see- to have
2: the answers too yeah, yeah exactly. they're all right, right? Everyone's right. correct. And, yeah, all and right. people kind of just like smile and nod their heads. Like it's, it's unbelievable, but I'm very <laughs> excited to go because culturally I'm going to have like this weird, like I'm going to meet my tribe. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's going to yeah, be yeah, yeah. an interesting moment. That's funny.
1: I know John's going, I, I'm, we're trying to go too on our side too. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll meet you there. Um, it's, I know they got all kinds of lectures lined up, but you're hundred percent right for different viewpoints of, of these things. I mean, I just, you know, and especially now 2020 and what's happening with, you know, the Tic Tac incident and all this mm-hmm. other stuff that's flying around the news, And, you know, you've studied this obviously, I mean, we've loved it forever, but you've, you, you wrote a book on it along with just studying the culture. Um, is this, this time frame in 2020 or 2021, whatever we look at in this era, is this something that you feel is different from the past 10 years, 15 years, whatever have you of this, or is this just the same old regurgitation happening over again?
2: Yeah, well, you know, I think I think what's different this time around. And and there's a lot of similarities. Like don't get me wrong, I think there's a lot of history repeating itself here. Um because for some reason, like you just Ufology like we just can't shake like Hal put off like he this guy's been around forever and he is going to be he's going to be around for another 50 years for sure um no i'm just joking <laughs> hal and i have a like him he's a nice guy um but my point is 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 it obviously sort of aspects that are repeating itself right a lot of the same individuals who have been doing this for the last let's say 4 decades sure are still kind of involved so you kind of have these weird kind of bursts of like oh yeah you know we kind of had this moment 20 years ago or whatever um i think the the, the main different thing though that that re that we, we really need to pay attention to that that it, it's kind of been paid attention to but it's it's also kind of pushed around a little bit um is is this is i think the first time you've had um you know a, a military branch um in the case in this case the navy Point to objects in, in videos and be like, you know, we don't know what that is. Um, and, and, you know, we've had the Air Force in Project Blue Book say, yeah, there's unknowns, but never to the same extent of like literally, here's physical evidence, uh, a video in this case of, of something, and, and we don't know what it is, and it's operating in American airspace. Um, that I think is a first. I, I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, I don't think that that the Air Force in Project Blue Book or, or any previous. Um, iterations sort of pointed to a picture and said see that thing right there that thing's in our airspace and we don't know what it is right they would point and say it's a weather balloon or it's swamp gas or whatever um you know it's a it's an aircraft um they would never kind of admit to saying you know here's something we don't know yeah Uh, and now they've done it three times right they've done it three times and they've said yeah these are three separate objects we have zero clue what they are and clearly they're they're you know in america um so yeah that's that's definitely kind of the new weird kind of ufological history that's being made.
1: Yeah. amazing.
0: Um, so, um, another thing, I love the dualism in your book and what you refer to as Derrida's ghosts, like mm-hmm. U- UFOs are present and absent, real and not real, honest and dishonest. Um,
2: would you mind just expanding on that a little more for listeners out there? Yeah, sure. So, so in my book, I, I present this idea that, that UFOs, kind of exist in this weird dualistic realm um they like you said they're they're sort of real and not real simultaneously um and and um physically they kind of tend to do this as well right they can kind of appear and disappear and um you know they they kind of mimic ghosts in a sense um and the the principle is is to have us sort of re-examine the way we we look at the ufo it's not necessarily as as Uh, A physical like nuts and bolts object and and also not some sort of mystical you know paranormal object um but it's going to be something in the middle um and and you and i are going to play a role in its sort of understanding um there are no ufos when people aren't around right the ufos don't exist without us Um, something has to not be able to identify it right um so when, when we kind of think about UFOs, we, we need to really establish, um, and the purpose of Derrida's Ghost is to really establish like how has the UFO shaped our culture um, and how have we shaped the UFO a- as, as an object? Um, so we have countless examples of how UFOs have shaped our culture. Just look at any movie or TV show or anything that involves UFOs and aliens and flying saucers and whatever, X-Files, right? Um, so we have lots of examples of that. Um, what becomes interesting is when we start applying um, how humans influence sort of the UFO as a phenomenon. And again, you can kind of point to some examples and be like, "Well, well, this is interesting, right? In the 1890s, people didn't see flying saucers. they saw airships with mm. big giant propellers and they had these big zeppelin like canopies right that, that that kind of propelled them um and then in the 1950s you know 40s and 50s during the cold war you had the flying disc which was a very popular kind of um shape and then you know into the 90s 80s and 90s you get into you know the black triangles whatever so we do have this kind of weird human cultural influence on the ufo as an object um and and it kind of you have to ask yourself like the big question is like which one is it? Is is, is um our culture being influenced by UFOs? Are we influence is our culture influencing UFOs? And again, is it something in between? Is it something that operates in this kind of weird, ghostly in-between realm where UFOs are sort of both again part of us, but also you know, like separate from us, or they're they're real and not real, or they're they're distant but close, right? Um kind of dwelling in this weird middle ground where um you know, what, what are we, what are we dealing with and, and how do we address it? Um, so that's kind of really in a nutshell, trying to kind of boil it down as, as quick as possible. So nobody has to buy my book. Um, <laughs> um, you know, that, that's kind of the main idea is, is where does the UFO rest and, and how much do we influence it? Right. it that way.
1: Right. right.
3: right. The, kind of like Schrodinger's cat. Like it,
2: the, the state
3: of it depends on the state of the observer as well. It's, that's a really interesting take on it. I think. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely I think that's a great sort of observation, right? It very it very much is like Schrödinger's cat. You, you the observer like, very much matters. Um you know, when we look at, you know, like when you look at UFO reports, um they're totally contingent on somebody being there to observe them. Um right? You know, if mm-hmm. if 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 somebody sees a UFO in a, no, if if there's a UFO in a forest and nobody's there to see it, you know, is there a UFO? Yeah. Um and 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 that's kind of the interesting um philosophical kind of weirdness, right? Um, The the difference is um, when a tree falls in the forest, you know, we know it makes a sound because, you know, trees are things we understand and know and we understand how gravity works and we understand how sound works and we understand all the principles of a tree falling down. It will always make a sound regardless, right? Um, We don't know anything about UFOs. So so when we think about that same question in the ufological sense, um, you know, we don't have enough data about UFOs to know if, nobody's around will one appear. appear. Um, you know what I mean? We're just kind of guessing at this point. Right. So it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's the big mystery, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just when I thought I had enough to think about, then you lay all this yeah. on us. It just says <laughs> come on, man, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, well, let's shift gears a little bit if you're okay with it, MJ. Um, let's shift gears to kind of our backyard. So we're roughly about three hours away from the Basin. Basin. Um, one of the main reasons, you know, we, we looked you up was because of an article you you wrote for Vice, Um, about that area. And so the Skinwalker Ranch, obviously this is- Never heard of it. Yeah. Right. You don't want to admit it. Never (laughs) seen it. It wasn't even there. Um, (laughs) this is interesting because this is beginning to turn into news. You know, there's a history channel documentary of some sort that's going to come out and- you know, of course, this fascinated us just because we've lived here and, and it just, it blows my mind personally that now people are starting to hear it. Now it's starting to come out. And again, when you talk about, you know, experts in history and things like that, one thing I, I think we've all done here at Strange Uncles is just kind of research the history, not only of that ranch, but the Indians there and the folklore and, you know, everything that kind of fits around that to try to understand, you know, not just a ranch, but is that area just weird in general for whatever, for whatever reason. Um, I guess, how did you stumble on it? Like, was this, were, were you reached out and approached to, or was just an interest of you and, and you reached out to who you needed to, to get, uh, to get access and, and get your research done?
2: Um, yeah, well, you know, like I, I think anyone who kind of gets into UFOs eventually stumbles onto Skinwalker Ranch in some way, right? You, you, know, you, you find the book or something. Yeah. Um, you know, it pops up enough in, in kind of the UFO discussion that, that, you know, you'll bump into it. So I think I, I think I bumped into Skinwalker Ranch sort of the first, I don't know, must've been maybe four years ago. I was just doing research on UFOs and then I sort of saw this, I don't know, some weird Facebook group that had Skinwalker Ranch. I was like, oh, what's that? And I kind of Googled it and was like, oh my gosh. And then I read the book. Um, and then a couple of years later, uh, Jeremy Corbell's documentary came out about it. So, you know, you, you kind of do your research and figure out what it is and you start reading all the other old accounts from, from the basin and and you kind of start piecing that puzzle together. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, everyone, like I said, who dabbles in the UFO stuff eventually hears of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, it was, um, must've been about a little under a year ago. Um, I was just, um, again kind of it kind of popped back up on my radar in like a weird way um and um yeah how i got on the ranch is is kind of a long story there was a mix of 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 reaching out and then being reached back out to like it was kind of like a back and forth um and it was i guess just kind of worked out that that um there hasn't been enough discussion about what's going on the ranch like now Now. um Right. right the 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 book and, and Jeremy Corbell's film are kind of the same thing. There was not very much new information in, in, in the Corbell film about like what the team on the ranch is currently working on, like what the project is. It was, it was much more focused on, on the content of, of the book and the NIDS investigation and the bass investigation. Right. Um, so, so I, I kind of raised that to to the team there, and and I said, "You know, nobody really knows what you guys are doing. Um There's a lot of mystery. Um, and a lot of it's kind of kooky, and people think some crazy things. So, you know, why don't we get it out? Why don't we just be like, you know what, guys? let's here's what we're up to." Um, and And, you know, it was agreed that it was a good idea. Um, you know, myself and vice and and the team there um sort of worked out. Uh, a complex <laughs> arrangement and agreement and and they vice flew me down and and I uh, got to go to the ranch, which was which was really cool.
1: So how complex was this? Did they like throw a black bag over your head and drive you out to, so you didn't know where you were at? Like was one of those things or was it just <laughs> I mean it just amazes me that uh, you know that you, you got a chance to actually access that.
2: No, it there was no, it was, it was literally, um, um, I, I, got to meet the owner, um, and we hung out for a few days and then we went to the ranch for a little while. Um, so no, there was no weird black bag. It was sort of just open access, I guess. Yeah. Um, there was nothing like, there was nothing, um, strange about okay. it. It was, it was quite, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of mundane. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, all jokes yeah. aside, and you know, it's amazing how people think that that's what happens at times. So, you know, <laughs> just crazy. Well, that's,
2: that's part of it. Right. And I think part of the article was, was to kind of clear some of that up. Um, yes, there's a security team there. Um, and it's, it's the security team isn't necessarily because there's some big conspiracy. The security team's there because there's literally, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not like a million dollars worth of technology on that ranch. Um, and you know, the last thing you want is some guy breaking in and stealing all the TVs. Um, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, or, or, you know, taking pot shots at the cameras, right? Like you just, You know, like a lot of money has been spent, um, building out the scientific gear on the ranch, that the scientific... Data systems and the various you know information platforms, um, and you just want some Yahoo running around kicking over um, you know the three hundred thousand dollar you know device that registers tectonic vibrations under the planet, um, you know you don't for under the under the earth right like because that's what people do right like people unfortunately that's the world we live in where someone would just kind of go on there and just break stuff because they've got nothing better to do yeah. so I think that's really yeah. what it's for more than anything um, you're just protecting the assets of the ranch. Um, and, and realistically, I mean, the ranch also attracts, I would say, at times, people who are very overzealous and, and potentially unstable. Um, and, and there's people who live there. Um, so if it was just a, a basic ranch that just raised cattle and there was nothing else going on, you know, the people who live who live on that ranch would be left alone. Um, right. It would just be another farm. Yeah, no um, but would... because it's Skinwalker Ranch, it's going to attract you know, at times, individuals who, like I said, don't necessarily are aren't necessarily sort of mentally healthy, um, and they are going to again scare people and 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 potentially go there with guns and and just you know like it, it's a it's an odd place and it's going to attract odd people. Yeah, it um, definitely
0: I, attracts all sorts for sure. And yeah,
2: all, and, and yeah, and listen, and listen, and honest and and and. Uh, An honest and innocent curiosity is fine. You know what I mean? Um, they're generally, the security team there is very polite, you know, like they, they're not going to say anything or do anything threatening or in, in, in any way. But again, you're always going to have that, you know, 2% of people who are going to be very provocative and they're going to walk in there and they're going to start causing trouble. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it's the reality of the situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and we got a couple, we know we're limited on time here, MJ. So, you know, we got a, a couple more questions just to go through, but yeah. I think being that you did the write up, you were out there at the ranch for your research and obviously, you know, the history with Bigelow and, and all this other stuff. How do you feel the the owner now currently is approaching it? You, th- you think he's doing something similar to what Bigelow was? Was, was Bigelow on the right track? Was he going too far with what it actually set up to be? What's your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. I think, I think there, there are two very different approaches. Um, I think Robert Bigelow, when he first bought the ranch, um, began with sort of uh, a more scientific approach. And then as time went on, um, it started to become very unscientific. Um, So so what Robert Bigelow focused on, especially during the Bass era, so that would be the sort of 2000, and, uh, 2000 2010, kind of in that that 10 years, right, Um, sort of end of nids into bass, Um, focused much more on um, assuming that something was on the ranch, something intelligent occupied the ranch and focused more on communicating with it. Um, Spent less time collecting data for observation and spent more time uh, trying to collect data to prove that there was some sort of intelligence on the ranch that was non-human and it could engage with us in like a a way that we could understand so you know when they first took over the rent the current team when when the current owner bought the ranch in, in 2016 and then the team moved in um you know they found i tell this in, in the art I, I sort of talk about this a little bit um but they they, they found these glass boxes everywhere These sort of look like fish tanks um aquariums and there were like toys in them like baby toys like um blocks with letters and, and and numbers and the idea would be they were trying to get the entity on the ranch to to move the blocks so that it would spell a word um, or they had these boards that had like magnetic letters on them and again the you know the idea was the entity should move these um these letters around into some sensical order right so they would like you know uh, leave they'd also have these envelopes sealed envelopes with with like words written in them and the again it was like these tests that they would give to this entity whatever it was um, where, where again, the the problem is that that the team assumed that um, you know something was intelligent on this ranch and it could communicate. The current owner and the current ranch team post 2016 are in no way like engaged in that type of research. They are purely there mm. for observation. So what they've done is they've taken away all that stuff and said like, hey, well we can't, we don't know if there's something intelligent on this ranch, so I don't know why we're going to give it baby toys to play with. That's dumb. <laughs> they've they've kind of thrown that stuff away and they've instead, yeah rigged the entire ranch up to be um, like, basically it's just an observation. It's like totally observation. Um, So there's cameras, there's um, EMF detection, there's radio signal detection, there's weather stations, there's um, they they record transponder data from aircraft that are overhead. Um, They've got um, recorders that deal with like infrasonic sound that we can't hear, tectonic vibration, all this stuff. So the ranch is basically under twenty four seven observation um, for multiple, multiple different sets of, of of information from visual to EMF to whatever and and the mission now is not necessarily to to prove that there's some intelligent being on the ranch the mission right now is to record as much data as we can to prove that something weird is happening like let's start there let's prove something weird is happening um, beyond a shadow of a doubt before we start dabbling in in trying to communicate with whatever it is trying to pinpoint exactly what the what is going on yeah yeah, exactly. Are there patterns? You know, is this maybe a natural phenomenon that people are mistaking for intelligence? You know, what right, I mean, like there, right. there could be a whole assortment of things happening as well. You know, just because something weird happens doesn't mean it's paranormal. Something weird can happen because there's, um, like I said, a natural phenomenon that has yet to be discovered on the ranch. But then something weird can also happen. And it could potentially be paranormal as well. And how do we know which one's which? So you need data, right? You need data to prove all these different aspects.
1: Yeah, it just amazed me how, oh, wait a minute, they're taking a common sense approach and actually collecting things so they can make a, some kind of a hypothesis of what's going on. It's kind of refreshing, to be honest with you. But um, my question for you, or our question, I'm sorry, is is what's your thoughts on this? You've been up there, you've, you've you spent a day or so up there. Um, when you think about, when you read The Hunt for the Skinwalker, you hear the stories of the previous ranch owners before Bigelow what do you, what's your synopsis on that? Like you, and granted, you know, the, the ranch owners previous, they believed it, they had happened, um, all the episodes that occurred, um,
2: where do you stand on that? Yeah, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that weird things happen. Um, I'm a firm believer that there's enough evidence out there and, and like to know that, that anomalies exist, um, what we don't know are, are the sources of, of those anomalies so we don't know what's causing those anomalies to occur. So when I when we think about sort of the old or the original owners or the previous owners rather um, and you know their encounters with wolves that that you know are bulletproof or or um, UFOs or you know strange interdimensional portals with odd creatures you know crawling through them um, you know I, I'm prepared to say, you know, just flat out and say, "Listen, anomalies happen. Weird stuff happens." Um, you know, I'm not necessarily prepared to go down the rabbit hole of saying, "Well, clearly it's an interdimensional creature, or clearly we're dealing with right. aliens, or right. clearly we're You know, like right. we just don't know. Um, we don't know how many of those stories were true. Um, we don't know how many of those stories were um, concocted by someone who maybe was you know, in, you know, in in a delusional state or in some sort of psychosis, we don't know how many of those stories are legitimate and do actually involve some sort of interdimensional wolf that got shot at point blank range and didn't die. Um, so I'm not (laughs) saying that that stuff doesn't happen. I fundamentally, I just don't know. Um, you know, I kind of like, just like the intro in my book, I really don't know. Um, I have never experienced anything like that. So, so I unfortunately also don't have that, um, kind of basis to, to to jump from, right? So I can't say, well, I've experienced something paranormal, therefore, um, you know, I've had maybe weird experiences, but I can kind of write them off as just being uh, maybe just a normal whatever. And I just misunderstood it. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's just a weird situation. Um,
1: I mean, I know uh, it's, a, it's a loaded question and, you know, and honestly, I don't think we expected a, a definite answer. It It's a matter of viewpoint, I suppose, you know? I mean, we've been up there again and, and we've encountered... I don't know, some weird things. The, it's the, just the, sure. air, the area itself is, I think, can
0: give you a sense of uneasiness, but I don't know if that's kind yeah. of more like psychosomatic and it's just in your head that like, right. we're right around Skinwalker Ranch, so obviously we're putting it in our heads that we feel weird or something right. yeah. rather yeah. than this is just a ranch in eastern Utah. Yeah.
2: And,
1: yeah, I mean the mines, and, a, that's, a, and yeah. that's it. You yeah. know, what yeah. I mean? the mines a terrible thing to taste. I'll, I'll be honest. Oh, for with it. sure. Just yeah, I had that.
2: I had that experience too when I was walking through the homesteads. You know, they're all very old and dilapidated, and it's like the middle of the day, and they're quite dark. Like even in the middle of the day, there's no windows. Um, or the mm-hmm. windows are so small rather that like it's still quite dark in those buildings and I'm walking through them, you know, I've got some Trifield meter in my camera and I'm recording and walking around and I mean, you know, you'd walk into one and you know, you're going to turn the corner in, in this building and you're like there, something's going to be there, you know what I mean? Like you have yeah. that fear <laughs> right, right? right, that right. anxiety that builds up in you because yeah. you're like, well, I've read all the books, I've read all the stories, you know, I've heard the stuff that happens here, why wouldn't I turn the corner and there's just a dude standing there who's kind of, you know, a werewolf, like why wouldn't that happen, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> So yeah, for sure. There's, yeah. there's that weird, um, the anxiety. And again, right. Yeah. Is it, is it psycho is it psychological? Is it something on the ranch that's causing it? I, I don't know. You know, there's, there's a lot of variables, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we already got trust plan this year. And of course, you know, the same thing with rant, like Stardust Ranch, for example. I mean, there's other, areas mm-hmm. that are just weird you know the cross of paths like you said you know if you're in ufo research or phenomena research you're going to stumble on these one way or another um i you know unless you have anything else mj thank you i mean thank you for coming on I, I, again i know you limited it for time um again uh, the ufo people a curious culture by mj benias is a fantastic book for anybody to pick up um do you have anything on your side promote or questions or concerns
2: No, um, if you want to, all of my work can be found on my website, mjbenias.com. Um, that's, if you want to read my articles, they're all kind of hyperlinked there. Um, and yeah, all of my content, just, just do that. I'm on social media as well. So if you want to follow me on Twitter and hit me up or or Facebook or whatever, just, you know, reach out. I always love hearing from people and hearing people's stories, um, about sort of their weird encounters. It's always, it's it's always enjoyable for me.
1: Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, stand by, we're going to go do promo, but hang on we'll just say a quick goodbye to you and we'll go from there.
0: Open the gates.
1: I just got to say, wow.
0: Do you like my fake Australian accent on
1: that promo? Is that what everybody thinks is you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. Well,
1: I was talking about MJ yeah. Benias, but yes, yes, sir. <laughs> no, too cool. Um, too cool. I don't know. I mean, I think we answered all the... Hopefully, we got the right questions out yeah. there for the listeners. And I mean,
0: I, I could have... I could have had that go on for another hour and a half. Oh, I but, know. You know. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just so was, you guys, uh, the listeners, just so you know. So he was cut on time. It wasn't us kind of cut on time. It was a respect thing. Um, I agreed. I could make the whole episode yep. of Mid Just Fine. Yeah, but he had he had shit to do. He had things we going were, on bigger and better. We were
3: very grateful to get the time that we did. Absolutely.
1: Yep, yep absolutely. So, and I think um, the Skinwalker thing, again, just, you know, I'm going to check out that History Channel. I mean, I just because. Why not? Yeah, you know, I think it should be coming out what the I think summer March or something, or, something? Or, or is it? I think it's early. A, yeah, oh. I think it's early.
0: Um, yeah, I'm excited to see that. It definitely seems like uh, seems like the new owners are being a little more transparent about it. It seems like, you know, that. like he, he obviously doesn't want his name out there or anything like any pers- get, I mean, oh, yeah, oh any yeah, personal information. But it seems like he's like, hey, this is the ranch. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, have at it. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, and I think you know. In all fairness, too, like like MJ was saying, um, you know, God, there's fucking people, a lot of kooks, and they're gonna go up. They're gonna try to get access. They're gonna try to get paid. I mean, if nothing else, you're protecting your. I feel your simultaneously investment.
3: seen and attacked.
1: <laughs> I know, right? well, when he said that, I was thinking, is he talking about us? Uh, I hope he's well, not talking about. <laughs> in
0: his in his article, he talks about like the different people that try and go there, and he's like, he does mention what we do. He's like, there's people that will just go up, take a picture at the sign, leave, and I mean, that's what we do. We've yeah. been there twice and we do
1: a little bit more of (laughs) it i mean but like when we go on when we go down when we
0: go down the road and everything we don't pass the sign on the property we take a picture and then we're out you know i think i've spent less than like five minutes at that sign because i I always just get so nervous i'm like oh
1: well i will tell you honestly my first trip up there the wife and i before i met you guys actually i did record and i walked right up to the gate and you know the black gate Yeah, well, yeah. You went past the sign that said you were now trespassing? That was the one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an asshole. Well, you know, the signs have been up there forever. So I went around like the blockade, but I didn't go past anything there. It was when that car started coming down the driveway and I could see it come and that followed us 80 something odd miles all the way to Heber. Yeah. That's when that happened.
0: That's so. That's why you don't
1: cross the signs. That's why I don't cross the signs. (laughs) Don't cross the streams. You know, now we know. So I mean,
3: if, if I was on the security team up there, I'm sure I would probably also get real bored and just fuck with people like that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. I'm
0: going to yeah. follow this asshole for the I'm next follow, 80 mile.
1: Like, I'm going to follow right. this asshole all the way home just yeah. for fun. Listen, look at him driving his fucking Mirage. I got to go yeah. this way anyway, so
0: I might as well just
3: tail him.
1: <laughs> it was weird, I got to say, but anyway. <laughs> either um, that
3: or like the whole way is like, oh man, this poor dude thinks I'm following him, but really i am just, I got to go to Eber to get yeah, something. Yeah, like I'm, I'm just
1: grocery shopping. I'm going that way anyway, but I'm just going to fuck with this guy flash my lights and shit so but no it's amazing and you know and i can't wait for our trip um again this year you know we'll go up there and we'll yeah. kind of see what's with up. our new
3: fucking drone army
1: yeah i think we got a little bit better equipment this time around so maybe we can get up and over that ridge but We've then again our own
3: air force now
1: <laughs> calm down trump jesus space force um they're not that good at drones oh yeah no they're not that great i don't if know mine it, goes pretty high i lost track of it one time not into space gene you don't know that I was interested on when he was talking about their security and other things and yeah. like there's no fly zone above the ranch and uh, I don't know, even when you fly drones, what's that look like? I mean, I guess as long as you're not just hovering over the control tower, nobody's really going to care. Well, I mean, so. from
3: our super secret lookout point, I bet if we just <laughs> yeah. go straight up
0: above it, we'd be able to see so we peek a over lot the of the stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're not on the property, so. Right. So as long as we're respectful and we don't trespass or anything. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah.
3: Yep. I mean, the new owner seems real nice. Yeah. So,
1: you know, was it uh, Adentium Real Estate still? Adentium. Yeah, that didn't yeah. change. So, I wonder. Uh, has anybody hmm. had any updates on Space Wolf?
0: Uh, just the uh Ryan Burns. Ryan Burns. Is that right?
3: Yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've just heard him on a bunch of like podcasts, kind of making the rounds,
1: rounds and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I know. Last time we checked in, it was. He was going to offer us to – we pay money to stay in a camper yeah. on the adjacent property that has no power, no water. Yeah. So not sure about that one, but know that. you know, it is what it is. But uh, anyway, no, great talk. I And I don't know. You guys have anything else on Skinwalker? I mean, other than just uh, – I'm pumped. I mean, it's neat having it kind of out there. It's interesting, the change. Yeah. I
0: mean, and it you seems know? like they're taking a lot more scientific approach. Right now, they're just...
1: Which is cool. Like he said, observations.
0: Yeah, observing everything, cataloging anything weird, just to, like he said, just verify that something actually weird is going on. Yeah, right. Like like to document it instead of being like, well, we're going to try and figure... It's like in uh, Tobias Whalen when I was trying to do that quote about proving science and science proving...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It's kind of like, it seems like Robert Bigelow is trying to prove that there was an interdimensional being versus these guys trying to just document and observe something anomalous happening.
1: So they have something to go by. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's it's like like any science experiment. If you don't have something to go by, you can't even make a hypothesis. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think Bigelow just, he was so excited to want something to be there. Mm Mm-hmm. That, you know, he threw millions of dollars out. Of course, you know, you have other things like the whole 30 million plus that Harry Reid signed off yeah. on. All this other stuff he was involved in. A lot of a lot of muddied waters on that, I think, goes beyond just him being in the ranch doing the investigations. But, you know, I, I think this is the right approach for it, definitely. But yeah. anyway, um, we have an email we're going to share and uh, a little bit of a promotion too for you guys. But uh, I thought that was really cool. Um this is actually from a gal by the name of Katie. So, hi, uncles. I'm joining the show and excited to see what will happen next. In the last episode, you said you have like 36 show ideas already on your plate. I'm crossing my fingers that you might do shows on the following. Dugway, I just want to know what's going on out there. And she has like eight exclamation points.
0: So do we, Katie.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: We actually have plans to go camping out there. Yeah, we uh-huh. were, uh,
3: we were going to try and get out there before winter started, but then... Things got busy in yeah. life. And I
1: don't like camping in the cold, so now, yeah. now we'll do that in the spring sometime. Yeah, I think Dugway, Skinwalker, and then there was one other one. We're going to try to get to Oregon, too, for China. that Oregon Bob. Yeah. But. All right. And Merker, which would yeah. be a quit overnighter. Okay. We'll see what that looks like. Um, Robert Anton Wilson. He dabbled in conspiracies, cults, the cult, drug culture, and high strangeness. Plus, he is funny, she says. Uh, manly p hall which we talk about manly i would love to do an episode on that um sounds like you already plan on doing one on manly uh, but if you need the secret teachings of all ages i have a copy you can have or borrow it covers everything esoteric magic occult i noticed that at natural law uh, apothecary (laughs) jesus christ um they have a lot of manly p hall pamphlets i'm pretty sure the guy that runs that place uh, is an alchemist so he might be a good resource for weird stuff Topi, uh, this is up your alley. So, the Temple of Psychic Youth would be a rad topic. Uh, they're one of the most successful cults of all time. They were sex magic practitioners and highly influenced by the magic of Brian Geeson and William S. Burroughs. Um, which you want to explain a little bit about that, John, on your side?
0: I mean, this—that was the first I'd ever heard of it from this email. So I bought a book called *The Psychic Bible*, and I'm just—I just, just barely—I uh, I finished MJ's book. A couple of days ago, and then started that. So I'm only on page 50, but so yeah, it was the sex cult back in the 80s, and I'm reading this book called The Psychic Bible, and they do some pretty wild rituals where uh, I don't know, it's pretty graphic, but they, uh,
1: it's <laughs> yeah, you were talking about jizz earlier, and that kind of yeah. struck me Lots a little of
3: jerking your gherkin <laughs> a
1: little off.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. they have a uh, the sigil of three liquids. You so know. you can use your imagination. You put those on a paper and let it dry and then you send it off and as, they keep it confidential does. and that that is supposedly um, helping you to achieve like your most wild fantasies and everything. Um, I'm not yeah. going to say no because – I've never tried it, so oh. there's that. Yeah, I'm only like 50 pages deep yeah. on it, but uh, it seems like a pretty wild ride so far.
1: Well, and one of the reasons we mention it, too, and we'll wrap up her email real quick. Um, I guess that's all I have to say. I mostly just want to say I'm loving the show, your friend Katie, um, mainly because she has these topics laid out there. And if you are a Patreon member, you can actually be able to pick a topic, and this is a topic she would mentioned we picked it. Yeah. And we're going to research it. It's going to be an episode here, uh, three or four up.
0: So. Yeah, you drop sex and cults. I'm in. I'm intrigued.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you don't even have to have cults to it. But yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so we mentioned that. Another thing we want to mention that we briefly covered when Tobias was on um, was we are actually part of the network now, boys. Congratulations. Yeah. I didn't send you flowers, but you know, we're part of the fourth hand network. Um, we were actually invited by uh, Brett Hand off Hysteria, Nation, uh, Hysteria 51. Um, mystery nations, what their Facebook thing is. And it basically is a, a network of all kinds of just creative podcasts, not all paranormal, but there's quite a few in there. Um, we share the same slate with mad Scientist podcast, um, blurry photos, blurry photos. So it's, it's kind of humbling at the same time. It's really cool to be part of something where we can help promote. Um, so, you know, we just want to kind of put that out there and say, thank you fourth End network for us, And <laughs> we won't let you down. Well, we might, I don't know. We'll see. So only time will tell. Exactly. I, I have confidence in us. <laughs> at, at least, least one bit. of us. At least one of us does. <laughs> um, anything else we got? I mean,
0: I think I'm good on my side. Um, that was just thank you again, MJ, for coming on. And I know your oh, time yeah. is valuable and you're a busy man. So it really means a lot that you'd put out a chunk to talk with us and share some insight with us. So that was really cool.
1: Talk about humbling. I think that's pretty humbling. The guy is uh, He's well-known. Yeah, so to take time, kind of cool. So much Uh, appreciated. Also,
3: thank you for the email, Katie. Um, Shane, if a listener wanted to send such correspondence
1: to us, where would they do that? They would do that at strangeuncles at gmail.com, or they can actually go on the website as well, mystrangeuncles.com. And uh, there's a contact uh, contact link in there. So they can contact, write whatever they want down. Um, you can also follow the podcast along with some research items on that. And uh, you can call us as well, 801-252-69. I, <laughs> I
3: saw a tweet today from like a comedian model that was like, the Batman mask is the perfect shape for face sitting.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Is it?
3: <laughs> That's random. Okay. Yeah, you got the ears for handles. <laughs> right.
0: Ah, okay. I see
3: what you now, now you picture
0: it. I was like, I yeah.
3: just, I don't get this. Sorry, when you said 69, <laughs> that just made me
1: think of that. You went right down <laughs> that road. Anyway, um, any other promos? Anything else we got?
3: Uh, you can also find us at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, just Strange Uncles on Twitter because there's character limitations.
0: Yeah. We, uh, printed some new koozies that we're going to be sending out to all Patreon members. Yeah. So if uh, five and want- ab- five and above and they're pretty sweet, we've got some new merch items that are on their way that yep. will be coming down the pike. to, um, uh, different tiers of the Patreon. So if you want some merch and some bonus content, come find us up there.
3: Yeah. Sign up for the Patreon to get a dope way to keep your beverage adult and otherwise cold. Yes.
1: <laughs> I like how you say that.
3: Beer cold, hands warm.
1: Well, and with that being said, too, uh, the Patreon members we have, um, I think, are awesome. So thank you to Josefina, Robert Hasseth, Lisa S. Terry, uh, Mitchell, Ledbetter, Derek Hill, Katie Woolley, Jacob, and the Ashers. Um, all thank you. You know, no, just absolutely. awesome to have you on board. And hopefully we can kind of grow the Stranger's Army a little bit.
3: Yeah, and if you uh, want to sign up to get said awesome merch and just a, a ton of bonus content... We do regular episodes um, and then just like kind of random as we can come up with it, additional content. Uh, There's a lot there. Um, Some of it's most of it's audio, some of it's video. Um, That's where we're going to be documenting um, largely.
1: Most of our trips will be on that. Yeah.
3: Um, And that is patreon.com slash strange uncles. Awesome.
1: Cool. Well, um, thank you, boys. Yep. It's been fun. Thank you, MJ. It's been fun. Hopefully we'll catch you on the flip side in May. At least you, John, if not us, we'll see what happens. I'll be definitely be at that talk. Yep. And we will go from there, ladies and germs. Close the gates. <laughs>